Beer, Brian. No problem. Uh, welcome to a special episode of True North Nerds, the one where we're drinking. Because, quite frankly, today in the world is kind of sucked, and it's Monday, so why not? Mm. So, like, I don't really like to get political or have the real world intrude on the podcast too, too much, because the real world is a scary place sometimes. But uh, the day we're recording this is the the aftermath. Well, I guess it's the same day technically due to time zones and stuff of the the horrible shooting in Las Vegas and the followed up. Uh, Tom Petty is in critical condition or possibly dead at well, this point. CBS it's, CBS has said that he's died. Everybody's reporting he's dead, except for TMZ, which weirdly is the place that I trust the most when it comes to shit like huh. this. What it, what it sounds like to me is because there's a couple reports saying that he had suffered major brain damage, like like came into the hospital brain dead. Yeah, I heard that one. And he has non-resuscitate clause on his in his living will, I guess. But what it kind of sounds like to me is there's a good chance he's he's done. He's still breathing and everything, maybe on life support. And they're just like you know, may, like. Since he's still there, giving everybody a chance to say goodbye, and then it's unfortunately time for him to go. Well, like I didn't post anything on my social media until, like, yeah, TMZ is one thing. Yeah. But then when CBS, well, who knows? Maybe it's all fake news anyways. But when I saw CBS say it, I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, well, it's something something definitely. He's in really, really bad shape if he is still alive. Well, from the reports I read, he's got he had zero brain activity. Yeah, which and, is and you know, heart failure, no pulse. Even if he isn't dead at this point. It, if it, he ever made a, a miraculous recovery, <sighs> Uh, he's never going to perform music again. There's no well, way he could. Weirdly, it's kind of the good, kind of the bad, because he was on the last... They just finished up, like, a couple days ago, the last big Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers tour. Yeah, the 40th anniversary tour. And this was going to be it for major touring. That's not to say they wouldn't do, like, what the Stones do and set up and, like, you know, we're going to do four cities during the summer multiple dates in that city so like we'll stay in toronto for four days and then new york for four days yeah, kind of like when garth brooks did his tour he did hamilton for five nights yeah it's you want to see garth brooks you go there go yeah the, that and that's the idea right it's 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 cheaper to do the huge shows like that and it's and people the the really big fans will figure out a way to get there yeah. and get tickets so so that's kind of the good thing is like he got this one last huge tour out of the way before the, the what looks to be the end. Well, when he played, But it's also kind of the bad thing too, right? Well, cuz when he played Toronto this summer, we looked at it and we're thinking about getting tickets 
And it was like, uh, we'll catch them next time. Yeah, and that's the bad part about it. I'm because I'm in the exact same boat you are. Because I figured he was in his mid, like he's sixty six. Yeah, I was just gonna so, say he's only sixty six. So I'm thinking, crap! I saw George Jones when George Jones was in his eighties. Yeah, and I figured, hey, this is going to be the last time I'm ever going to see him play. So we went to go see George Jones, and then he came back three years later to do a tour. <laughs> now, George Jones passed away before he did the show at Casino Rama. Mm. So technically, I still saw him at the last time he played the area. But yeah. you know, again, you don't think a guy in his 60s, not when you got the Stones are still rocking yeah, and, and McCartney's still going. And, and weirdly, maybe that's why this one's hitting me a little bit harder than some of the other musicians passing away because like, he's my dad's age, right? And like, he's a musician my dad listens to. And it's like, oh, that's, oh. Because yeah. it brings up, like, you know, it's weird that it's sometimes... It's real. Yeah. And, like, my my dad hasn't had a heart attack, but he had open heart surgery a couple of years ago. So it's Well, like, the other thing, too, with Tom Petty, uh, Tom Petty had... He had kind of the music of the late 80s. Yep. You know, yes, he had everything in the 70s, uh, like when he first debuted, and, uh, you know, Refugee and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until, like, Full Moon Fever sort of put Tom Petty... Mm. Southern Accents was a was a big album, but Full Moon Fever that was the one that made Tom Petty like mainstream. Everybody, did you ever see that? Uh, I think it's PBS aired it originally. The documentary on him it's like nearly three hours long. Three Isn't it the NFL half? Network? No, PBS. No, I I thought it was originally broadcast on the NFL Network. Oh, weird. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I that's I used to have. Uh, you know, one of the black market satellite yeah. dishes, and back in, back in what 2007, I think it was the 30th anniversary of, yeah, of the Heartbreakers. It, because there's that live box set that came out at yeah. the same time. And I, it's a like I thought it was on the NFL Network. Yeah, back then. could be, but it was it was really well done and worth and worth a watch. Like, yeah, by you, time I turned it on, it was around. 1978, 1979 <laughs> is when I jumped into the show. It's kind of like the Big Eagles one. You have to watch it in installments because the the Eagles one that they put out recently is like it's two parts and I think it's like just under four hours long total. So it's like you watch the first part and then you watch the second part the next day because the first part ends with the band breaking up, right? Well, so I could, well, like I like watching those those documentaries, especially like even, when they're well put together. Well, like the well Beatles done, anthology. Right? I have the DVD set, which is the six-hour edition of Yeah. And this is a whole different type of nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all nerdy, though. No, it is. And that's a, like a, I talked about it when I, I interviewed Jeff Woods, uh, who you will hear a promo for at the end of this episode, um, like years ago. It's like... It's, it's weird, because when he comes... When he enters the room... And I don't think Jeff will actually listen to this show, so I don't feel bad about saying this. He is the coolest motherfucker in the room, quite frankly. Like, he's older than I am, but he's got, like, you know, a leather jacket, and he's got that smooth radio voice that can, like, just melt people, man or woman. And, but at the same time, like, his his nerdiness is situated around music. But he can tell you shit about albums that you have never heard of, and, like... How long that album is, and but how long that album is different from like a different release of it and shit like that. So it, it is all nerdy. It's just a different type of nerdy. And 
sometimes those people can be better looking than your uh, average nerd. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's stereotypical nerd. Yeah, and and unfortunately, I my day job, I ended up having to do a piece on the Las Vegas shooting, and it's just. Yeah. That's just senseless. It's I know I I hate wanting to make a stand, but like it's one of those things that like come on, United States, get get something under control. If you're not going to do Medicare, just, like go with guns. Get at least tamper them down a little bit. Like I grew up around guns. I I have no problem with them. I just do not see the reason why you have to have a fully automatic machine gun of any sort for anything unless you are a soldier in a war somewhere other than the United States. Yeah. That's my two cents. I don't want to keep dwelling on it, but uh, it, 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 that's why we're, that's part of the reason we're slow, sort of drinking and that, and it's just the three of us. Um, you may have noticed uh, Jen and Kevin aren't here. Uh, Jen is unfortunately really sick. She's been off work a couple days. And Kevin is, uh, I think he's doing Shakespeare in the Park or something uh, along those lines. Some sort of theater thing. Kevin's a busy man. And he is. A and if I see man. a man holding a knife to another man, I shoot him. <laughs> it was Shakespeare in the Park, for God's sakes, Frank. I love that movie. <laughs> Which is also fitting, because the juice is loose. Oh, God, yeah. That... Oh, more reasons to drink. <laughs> I was going to say it's... You know, it's a, like if I go downstairs and get in my car and REM's the end of the world as we know it just playing is like, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, you know, there were there are people that predicted that this past Saturday was supposed to be the beginning of the end times or something like this. Or something was supposed to happen on Saturday that was supposed to like signal the beginning, you know, the, the, the omen of the end times. And it was all over, like all over the news and stuff last week. I don't remember yeah. what happened on Saturday. When it did, got postponed it for a month. <laughs> did it? Yeah. That always, that seems, always to seems to be the way oh, with those doomsday guys. Oh, the math was off. There's always the end of the world at some point. So. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so let's talk about some slightly fun well, wait, stuff, maybe. Wait, oh, wait. Before, might as well, since we're on the downer mood. Oh, okay, let's get all the downer out now. We also lost Hugh Hefner this past week. Yeah, well, that's... The, but, but, no, okay, yeah. The, the man died yeah. in his sleep at home at age 91, but you still have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, that he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I love the comment, the one comment. You can't really say he's gone to a better place. Because <laughs> look at the life that the man lived while he was here. I, I did see he's it. He's just getting stuffed in a tiny box. Yeah. Well, see, that's it. But that's where, like, you know, it's one of those things that, like, you kind of wish the internet didn't exist in some ways because now we know way too much about yeah. our celebrities and like the good and the bad. Oh no, for sure. Like how he bought that that crypt beside Marilyn Monroe's and like her family never wanted them to have it and the fact that like the like yeah, the some of the comments that, that apparently his, were made of, you know. Yeah, the photos that made his magazine, he bought and never gave her a single dime for it. Yeah. Apparently never even met her before she she passed. You know, so like, there's some creepiness with that, but at the same time, I saw a biography on A and E on him once, and like, yeah, maybe he was a creepy old bastard, but at the same time, in his 80s, he was still having his buddies over to play poker every Wednesday night. He more or less lived in his pajamas until he went outside. He had movie nights with his friends, and I'm like, fuck, I want to live that way too. 
like the best thing was is I'm watching it and they don't na- the the biography had a really good access so they're what they're recording the poker game and one of the guys is older and he looks kind of familiar and I'm not catching it and then he starts speaking and I'm like oh my god it's Maxwell Smart and apparently him and Don Adams were like really good friends from like the 60s up until Adams' death <laughs> which is kind of awesome but it's well it's well I guess that. There was that whole Playboy group, right? And like Playboy people, lifestyle, yeah. Like the club, the, the TV who, show, the yeah. So, oh well, he, you know, he made his impact on the world. Yep. You know, but if you can make it to your nineties and still be surrounded by beautiful women and and doing what you enjoy doing, or you know, it seems like he was just enjoying being happy life. Uh, yeah. on a whole. Like you know, that's what I'm aiming for at this point. Is I don't being rich would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. I hear you there. But, you know, just as long as I'm happy for yep. the most part, that'd be kind of a cool way to to leave this place. Good, good worst ways to go. So, you know, <laughs> try to be like Hugh Hefner. And yep. You I could, could be worse. It could be Larry Flint. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not only here, you're, you're paralyzed. You're generally kind of a scuzzball. Yeah. I mean, the only good thing about him is his fight for the Fourth Amendment. And how he stuck it to people, but okay. Any other downer news? Anybody have a pet that died? <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm all out of downer, downer, okay, downer well, news. Well, possibly. Let's go through the geek news of the week. Okay, so do 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 do. Where to start? Oh, okay. So um, we all love Agents of Shield, right? Uh, I've dropped off of it to be yeah. honest. I uh, I've wanted to pick it back up with last season, but I don't have cable, so I gotta I gotta get access to it at some point. I was hit or miss up until Ghost Rider, and then I was hit and miss after Ghost Rider. And it was a show I really liked at the beginning until they brought Hydra in. And the moment that they brought Hydra back, and kind of basically Captain America Winter Soldier killed the show. Which was weird, because that was also kind of the awesome moment for the show, but then the show just kept going with it. Yeah, like they would have been better off just close the show at the end of you know, with the Triskelion falling and all that kind of stuff. Or have, like, go a little bit beyond that. Show what happens to Coulson and his team and stuff like that. But none of this shield within a shield and new and shield, shield, old underground shield, and shield underground. None of that crap. Like, yeah. just, like, shield, shield, the entity of shield ends, end of show. And they really, they should, that whole, the whole inhuman season. They shouldn't have bothered with that. Yeah, that uh, I but, still don't know what exactly yeah. the deal with it was. But okay, so the whole reason I bring this up is that Variety was reporting that apparently ABC wanted to cancel it after last season. But Disney forced them to keep it going. Disney said no. Which is a little weird. But it well, is mouse, and it isn't. The mouse signs the checks. Exactly. Yeah, no, but it's like the, the mouse also like likes money. Let's not mistake that. I think it's more the... They don't want it to be canceled. They, they just want, want to end, end it. Because then it's yeah. a, oh, Disney's Marvel show canceled and the, the bad press and it looks bad. It's all about appearances, right? Yeah. So 
Well, that's easy to wrap up. You just have Coulson to show up in the movie universe, and boom, everyone forgets yeah, about but the show. Those are separate things now, due to fighting within the company. And I think that yeah, but you could easily just have Coulson show up. Well, you think, should, you but could, and especially if they end if they end up ending the show, you could easily bring those characters he, back into the well, movies. You, but I, I, think I wouldn't that's even what, bring all the characters. Coulson only. I no, would bring but I mean, Coulson like, uh, and that's it. Well, yes, I was just saying... I don't know, I think What's-Her-Face's Mockingbird wouldn't be bad, but she's on the Orville right now, right? Yes. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, I think really the, when they started doing the... Getting away from being connected to the movies at all is when the show really started to, to go down. I enjoyed the depiction of Ghost Rider last season. Like, those parts were kind of cool, and the special effects for it were, were good. But you could tell it was costly, and they didn't do it a lot, and he wasn't on it a lot, and... See, I wouldn't almost mind that, you know, like the the detach them from Shield, and it becomes kind of an X Files show. They go out to investigate the superpower thing of the the week, or well, and that's sort of how it started. That's yeah. kind of what was going on too with the Inhumans, because they started going around trying to have to find Inhumans before somebody else did, and yeah, but use characters we know, like Ghost Rider is prime example. Yeah, well, exactly. Right? Instead of just you know Inhuman, you no know, mutant. Oh, sorry, not mutant power of the week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and then well, this past week uh, we had uh, Inhumans premiered. I don't think you saw it. No, I haven't seen it yet. I know you didn't see it. Nope. I watched it yesterday. And? Uh, it wasn't bad. It held my yeah. attention for the almost two hours that it was, because it was oh, two so episodes. Oh, they, so they showed both episodes right off the bat. Yeah, they aired them both on Friday night. I watched it uh, on demand through the CTV Go app, because mm-hmm. I, I I was not uh, awake on Friday night to watch it. I think <clears> I fell asleep. Oh, I was playing video games. Then I fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it wasn't bad. Like, I don't know a lot about the royal family of the Inhumans. Most of my exposure to them is through you know guest appearances on cartoons or comic books. Yeah, it's like yeah, okay, I know Medusa. She's got the red hair. That's kind of like she can you know control like an appendage. You got Black Bolt. You know his power with his voice, and his brother. You know he's kind of he has an evil brother, and then there's other Inhumans and the dog Lockjaw that teleports. That's about it that I know of. So the show, you know, it kind of introduces all those characters and all this, and they're living on the moon separate. And then, uh, you know, that stuff happens, and people get stuck on Earth. And yeah. I think it... I, it's only, what, six episodes, eight episodes Yeah, something long? like that, which I think is good. Yeah, it's only, only until, like, Christmas time, and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes on in the new year or whatever, but... Uh, they really should tie it into Agents of Shield at some point. And I don't think well, they are. You know, I think the I'm, reports that I've heard say that they're not, but they really should considering how big a deal inhumans have been on Shield. Yeah, but the the promo poster stuff for Agents of Shield ha- looks like it's hinting that they're going to space. So why else would they go to space if they're not if it's not inhuman related? Who knows? Well, yeah, that's true. As I shouldn't make those logical conclusions. They're cause... going up to find the Watcher. Uh, Maybe they're going to start I mean, sword. That's back home, so if they play, played nice with the movie side of Maybe things... Maybe they, they go and find it. Thanos. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know versus what? King of the Scrolls. Wouldn't Maybe that they be show kind up in, of an awesome re- way to lead <laughs> into, the, the, in, into Avengers Infinity? 
Like, just, like, have the... And then have Thanos kill them all except for Coulson. Yeah, exactly. No, like, make it make it that, like, those sort of stakes. Especially if you introduce the fact that, like, Thanos is coming in, like, say, say a month out from the TV show. What? Nothing. We're just making no, faces. It's, it's yeah. kind of tough to see Thanos coming on a podcast, uh, as Ryan just tried to demonstrate. But horrible the people. Got its way over there. So. Oh yes, the Infinity Gauntlet right here. So. Which people can't see. No, but now Ed is now all powerful. Well, jokes on an audio podcast. <laughs> Fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs> okay, so. Oh. Oh, yeah, moving on. Moving on. Oh, did you ever play Red Dead Redemption? Yes. So you did, Ed did. I never yep. did. I don't know if it was just the setting. Good or game, I... too much foraging. That was the only part of the game that I, I got to. Like. I got to Old Mexico, and that took me like, that took me months to get to Old Mexico. Mm. And then my hard drive cacked on my PS3. Oh, and they, yeah. So now I'm like starting from the beginning, and it's like, no thanks. I'll get to it someday. No, I, I'm. It, I can completely see your point because that happened to me with uh, Fallout Three. Because I I played it, I was going through, just finished the all the DLC, and I was going to do a second playthrough, but like go, you know, go kind of evil on it. The the first time I played good, got a couple hours in, and my hard drive cacked, and I wasn't able to save those files, and it's like I had put like somewhere around 60 to 80 hours into that game and it's like i'm not doing that again See, I, i'm at the Nuts point now that. just because i'm so busy like fine give me story mode that i can get through in about six 12 hours yep you know so i'm like uncharted give me somewhere i can get through uncharted mm. finish the storyline move on if i feel like going back and looking for all the treasure i will but most times it's like Fine, I finished the story. That was cool. Let's move on. Yeah. Do something else. So this past week, the trail, the new trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2 yep. came out. And we got a release date of uh, spring 2018. Looked cool. I like the trailer. Yeah. Uh, reminded me a little bit of like uh, The Magnificent Seven in yeah. some ways. So. And I think that from all the marketing, like, the poster, and that kind of was like the feel, I think, that they're going for. Yeah. I'm it's curious really how they achieve it. Yeah. Now... The original game took place in like 1911. Yeah, uh, what era does this take place in? Yeah, that's a very good it, question. Apparently, what I heard was it's supposed to be a continuation of of the same character. Oh, really? See, I so, don't know if it is the same character. I think they oh. the trailer kind of the makes trailer it, does like, not show people. that character. Oh, okay. That doesn't so, mean he's not in it, but it doesn't. Because I'm just him thinking, like by the time you get to 1911. You know, you're getting to the point where vehicles are starting to show up. Well, even at that point, the, doesn't the the dude mention that there's vehicles in New yeah, York and stuff like the, that? Like cars in New York and yeah. stuff. And it takes a little while for all those vehicles to get out to the yeah, but it, out you're, to the west. you are right; it does happen eventually. But again, you're getting to the point where you know they're going around with revolvers. Well, like semi-automatic weapons were starting to come around at that point well, too. by World War One. Yeah, yeah, like if, well. 1911 Colt. Yeah. So that that's when that gun was designed. So it'd be just kind of interesting when they go for it. Like, I'd, I'd prefer something around 1880s or something like that. That'd yeah, be, like real old West. Yeah, real old West. Don't get into technology and telegraph and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's okay just, if they have a DeLorean in it, though. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, so this one was also just released today. Uh, thanks to USA Today, the comic book spoiler of the world. Uh, oh, should we say say this right now then? Spoilers then that's why I was for Batman. Say spoilers. So back in June, in issue number 24 of Batman, uh, Batman proposed to Catwoman. Then they've had a bunch of issues telling some story about the Riddler versus the Joker, and it's apparently some him telling her a story, and it's going to be this some some moment or some regret he has he's going to reveal to her that he wanted to tell her before she accepts you know before she says yes or no to his proposal mm. blah 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 uh so spoilers apparently she says yes yeah i saw the the images from it so when do you send bruce wayne or is that one of those rich people weddings where like you donate to a charity on their behalf instead because they already have anything wouldn't bruce wayne be at batman's wedding <laughs> I I I I don't know. Because you figure, well, wouldn't Batman be at Bruce Wayne's wedding? Well, who's getting married? Is it Bruce Wayne or Batman? Well, well, she knows that he's Bruce Wayne, the, the, right? but they're not in costume, so I would assume. Yeah. He's, oh, well, I don't know. I haven't read Batman since. I I just looked at the pictures. I haven't read Batman since basically Batman Incorporated. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like once Grant Morrison kind of left, you left. Yeah, too? like I Same got here. into a couple of the New Fifty Two, um, but yeah, I haven't read Batman in a long time. Well, basically, Death of the Family. Sorry, Death of the Family was the last I read because that was a that was a great story arc. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Well, my big issue is, and then we were discussing this a bit earlier. It's like okay, so this is the company that had to reset things and change things because well, we couldn't have Superman be married to Lois Lane anymore. And, you know, we can't have Green Arrow be married to to uh, Black Canary. Mary. And Kate Kane can't get married because, oh. Oh, she's gay. Yeah, we can't, can't have, have lesbians same-sex same marriage. Married, so. They can date. They just can't marry. But that's okay because it's Batman. Whether or not it will, will it even ever. Maybe it's really all happen. a dream. Oh, maybe he gets killed. Maybe it's not Batman Batman. It's Earth something else Batman. Maybe he'll oh. get hit by a car. In front My of head the- just hurts even thinking because right now isn't the that whole dark metal batman where batman is on the poster batman was a tank because he's like cyborg batman from another i don't know i I I asked jeremy to explain to me what was going on he started going on about multiverse batmans and evil batmans and one batman that's a cyborg and turned into a tank and i'm like yeah no i'm i'm glad i'm not reading it i'm out you know what what surprises me about that crossover more than anything else it's called Metal, right? The crossover. Yep. For variant, they didn't do any variant covers that are like metal album covers. That seems like a natural to me, like oh, yeah. especially with Greg Capullo, who is like a big metal head. And see, the funny thing is, when I kept hearing about this, oh, Batman Metal, Batman, I was like, well, why are they doing like a Batman music arc? Like, what the hell's? Why is it like heavy metal Batman? Like, yeah, and not you know. And then I saw the earlier one; it was like forged and. Maybe they're worried Ozzy Osbourne would bite his head off. Maybe. <laughs> Somebody send me that image. I'm sure somebody's drawn it already on the internet. Somebody just post Batman. it up on the Facebook. <laughs> Sharon, my poop smells like Bruce Wayne. Oh. <laughs> Next. Uh, so staying in comic books, uh, I'm just also announced today. Um, a sequel prequel 
to uh, Old Man Logan, Old Man Hawkeye. And I think all three of us are behind this one. Yep. Uh, Mark, uh, Ma- uh, Mark Miller, Millar, however you pronounce it, is not writing it, but... I'm all for it because I cosplay Hawkeye. Because <laughs> Ed I'm old is man old Haw- man Hawkeye. I am old man Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, but now you need a long-haired wig. Another I mean, one. A scraggly one. You know, <laughs> Thor just got rid of his long hair and you were free. <laughs> well, I still, I still wear the wig. Well, for, true. But, no, most times I do Hawkeye. I have the beard and the beard's getting grayer and grayer and grayer. So Hamilton Comic Con, I did Hawkeye. So I look like really old man Hawkeye in that one. I also did Casino Hawkeye as well, so I got to wear it. Yeah, that was a. I saw your photos of it. That was a. That was a good idea. Well, I had the tux anyways, and then I found the tie and cummerbund, and was oh wait a minute, those are the right shade of purple. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna change my plans. I'm gonna show up at Hamilton Comic Con in a tuxedo, <laughs> which it worked out. Well, you like wearing your suit to cons, so that's actually you did Men in Black. Well, and- I did Men in Black. I did Old Man Logan or Logan from the movie. I did uh, 60s version of Nick Fury, and now casino version of Hawkeye. So the four biggest cons in this area, the Fan Expo, Toronto Comic Con, yep. Niagara, and Hamilton, I did a suit at all of them, so I tried to <laughs> class it up. Classing so. up the joint. Someone has to. Uh, oh, so when this comes out will be the week that all the Arrowverse TV shows start. So me, I'm a big fan, so I just want to put that out there so everybody else can remember to watch Supergirl on Monday, uh, Flash, and I believe uh, Heroes of... Uh, what the fuck is that other show called now? The Legends of Tomorrow? That's it. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow, not Heroes of Tomorrow. Uh, they're both on Tuesday. I think they moved, Legends now has been moved to Tuesday, and then mm. Arrow is still on Thursday, I believe. So, So there's that. That's you got anything me. else, or is that yes, for news? Yes, I, I have a question for you. Oh, God. I, well, you of the three of us are the only one in in this room that got a SNES last week. Yes, I did. Well, I, my wife got one. My, oh. No, no, no. Um, so I wanted So I you're, wanted you're going the, husband of the year points is what you're I wanted for. the classic NES uh, a lot. Um, Jen uh, never really had a Nintendo in, like, the regular Nintendo in the house. So, but they grew up with a Super Nintendo in the house because of her younger brother. Yep. So she wanted one. I got lucky. I lined up right on time. I got one of the last ones the EB had here. Now, before like people are spend six hundred dollars on these things, don't. There's don't. more coming. Just you know, wait it out. Be patient. I just want to to bring back the Nintendo. And they are. Are they bringing that one back? Yeah, next it comes summer. back next summer. Because I was like. That's the one I want. I don't care. The, the, the president of Nintendo has come on the record in interviews saying, no. oh, excuse me. <laughs> I tried to move for the mic. I'll see if I can edit that out um, or repeat it. <laughs> Put some <laughs> echo and reverb on <laughs> it. <laughs> and then the sound of like a window now. breaking. <laughs> um, where was I going? Oh, yeah. So he's come out and said that, First off, that the reason they were such low numbers was that their their numbers or their info told them there wasn't a market for retro gaming. Because you people were buying more than what you were going to buy for the Switch. So we thought we'd screw you over by taking the NES off the shelf, so then you buy the damn Switch. Well, I can see before the, the, that NES came out, yeah, the market for retro gaming, those consoles, like the Sega one and the Atari one that you can buy at Bed Bath & Beyond. Yep. Yeah, nobody was buying those. I know you bought... 
the Atari. I got the ColecoVision. Oh, ColecoVision one. You had one, but they weren't flying off the shelf. No. So, but then those also weren't Nintendo. Yeah, no. Nintendo's one of those things that, like, especially that classic Nintendo. Yeah. Well, you go and, like, I had a ColecoVision growing up, so I go and get the ColecoVision. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, I remember we had Donkey Kong, we had this, we had that. And then you get it, and it's like, okay, there's only about five playable, decent games on it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. There's 55 other pieces oh, of Oh, yeah. Shit. So, like, it gives you games that, it's like, that wasn't even Nintendo. Oh, this game was designed like 10 years ago. What the hell is it doing on the ColecoVision? Yeah. So. I can't remember which, it was either the PS2 or the first Xbox. My buddy bought uh, the Atari collection for that system. Yeah. And it had 60 games on it. And, it's like it was just awful. Yeah. <laughs> there was like five good games. At least with the Coleco, like I had maybe well Zaxxon's on there and yeah Pepper. So like there's five that I would have played back in the eighties. The rest of them I'm like I couldn't even care less. Well, exactly. But so he's come out and said now that you know the numbers they've increased their numbers for the Super Nintendo version. And then that next summer, they will be bringing out the NES again. I.e., they realized how much money they were losing By to emulators that you can buy from China for $50. Yeah, or you just go on the Flash website and play the game for free. Yeah, exactly. And so, so it Because like, I would rather buy the rather Oh, buy for the sure. NES. I'd rather yeah. buy it and sit on my, you know, sit on my couch and, and play it on my TV. For you, I hope that they learned the other lesson from the last bit and that when it comes out, they have longer cords on their controllers than my classic NES did because those things are short. Like they were, um, I think Nintendo did not take into account how big modern TVs are. Yeah. So like when you had your old Nintendo originally, you were playing on like probably a 24 inch kind of maybe even smaller, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. Well, what size was it? What's the average size of the TV in your home now? Well, right, the average size probably forty two to forty eight inch. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. You, you're not sitting too. You're feet not in front sitting of it. on the floor right in front of it. You can't sit on the floor right in front of it. We're all in our late thirties, early forties yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, it hurts my knees and my legs when I sit on the floor for too long, and you know, the other leg cramps up. So hopefully they extend your cords a little bit more. Somebody, when I was in line, they're like, oh, it's because Nintendo wants to make more money on cord extensions. Except Nintendo's not making the extension cords for these things. They're all third party. No, it's just, well, even the morning it came out, because I didn't know there was going to be a drought back back when it first came out. So. I thought it was going to be an ongoing thing, too. I locked into mine. I like I walked in as they were unboxing it. Right, and so and that was after the first rush. Yeah, too. and after the, like I had given up by that point, and I was just like, "Holy shit, yes, mine!" <laughs> give me. Well, give even me. like I was out west, and I was checking all the EB games because I heard, "Oh, well, you know, a shipment got into Manitoba," and I'm like, "All right, well, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Brandon, Manitoba," and you know, I just kind of gave up. I, I, it bothered like I just got tired of going into every single EB game saying, hey, have you got the Nintendo Classic? Because I feel bad for the guy behind the counter because he gets the same, same. ass, yeah. same stupid fucking questions well, every goddamn day. We went to Toys R Us the other day, uh, Brent and I, and he was the uh, you know, entertainment guy came along. He's like, oh, hey, is there anything I can help you with? And Brent's like, well, actually, yeah, because you were looking for another extension cable. Yeah. And he's like, 
thought you were going to ask if you had any, any SNESs. And because you could see the look on his face, he was getting ready to be like, Like, no, motherfucker, we don't. Yeah, Why are no you asking way. me this? Two days ago, we sold out, but then, you know, then we're like, Oh, oh he's like, Oh, oh, you got one. Then he's like, Oh, can I ask you a question about it? Yeah. Like, um, and you're like, No, motherfucker. <laughs> no, get to one. Get your own. Um, it, it, to go back to your original question, I, I enjoy it. The system's good. Um, the the only thing with it is that you have to get used to again is those games aren't formatted for widescreen TVs that everybody has now. Now the good thing about it is is they have options for the framing around it, so you can put like theater curtains on the side where it doesn't line up, or like a star field. Um, I haven't gone through all the uh, all the games yet. I've basically the the my first run through it. I played the games that I never got to play as a kid. Okay, uh, Super Makes Punch sense. Out was one of them. I I, ne- I don't know anybody who had Super Punch Out and fun game because I love Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah. Despite I didn't even the know there was like, until this came out. I didn't even know there was a Super yeah. Punch Out. So that uh, the Castlevania game for it because I, I love Castlevanias and uh, a couple other a couple of the others. I'm trying to think of maybe one of the Kirby games. Okay. And, and I did play Street Fighter Two just because yeah. old school to Street Fighter Two. Was it? Is it the new champion or the new challengers? Nope. It's the Street Fighter 2 Turbo with the just the, the whatever, the original 8 for Street Fighter. Tur- yeah, no, I like the ones with DJ and, and Cammy. And- yeah, that would that would be the, the next iteration of that game. Yeah, I that think, was right? Street Fighter 2, the new challengers. Yeah. And uh, I think Jen, what was Jen playing? I think Jen was playing one of the Final Fantasies. That's what she really wanted it for. So uh, I want to come over and play some Mario Kart. Yeah, we should do that. Um, I, I haven't looked up it like I know with the classic NES, the Japanese version of it. One, it looked different. It looked like the Super Family Con. Yeah, but it also had a different lineup of games. Yeah, and I'm a, curious if the, the, Euro- the European one yeah. had a couple different games. There was like four exclusives per region kind of thing, and I'm yeah. curious what the Japanese and the European ones were. Yeah, I haven't looked it up, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, hopefully at some point more of these get out and. The classic NES gets back. I don't know if they'll bother. What was the, the next one? Would be the sixty four? I guess the sixty four. The next system Nintendo put out. Yes, because they're not. They're not going to do a home console version of Game Boy. Obviously, no. I, I although I could see them putting out like a Game Boy, like the shitty black and white Game Boy or green and black Game uh. Boy. I guess. With like just all the games preloaded on it and like no cartridges, oh, saying, like a handheld. And, yeah, okay, I could see them doing the, that the, because now the money they're smelling the money, right? Yep. So let, let's see how far we can take this. Well, it'd be interesting if they did bring out the N sixty four, but then again, there's I the think that thing stuff with the, is still out there. I was going to say, and I think N sixty four were at that point where the graphics were. See, at least, you know, we look at Nintendo and we look at Super Nintendo and we look at those graphics and we we already we know that they're, you know, they're that for that era. They're you know we have well, you got your eight bit and your sixteen. Yeah, bit. but you know, we have that feeling of you know that that nostalgia feeling. Nintendo sixty four. I don't think it's it's old enough for us to come out right now. It, it is for certain games, and those are the games that they can't make, like GoldenEye. If they could somehow arrange to have GoldenEye on a 64 classic or whatever they would call it that thing would sell to our age group like no tomorrow but that is never going to happen yeah. it's too much of a rights issue yeah. so it's 
Yeah, well, no, that's the thing. I just don't think that the nostalgia is there yeah. yet for that system. I think you know maybe another another five years. I just said, you know got to put some time between it. And that us. and I don't know. I think it might be the frame rates on TVs compared to what they they were when the sixty four came out. Uh, my last podcast we did uh, a comparison of the Perfect Darks because the uh, the revamp Perfect Dark had come out for the three sixty, I guess, mm-hmm. like the remaster of the old sixty four Perfect Dark. No, so we did a side by side comparison of it with uh, with the original 64 because my buddy Adam had a 64 and had the game and it there was something weird with it where we could play the Xbox version no problem about 15 to 20 minutes into the the 64 64 version we were all like oh ah, I got to stop or I got to throw up oh really yeah and and which is weird considering like that and goldeneye they're basically the same game graphically we would play those for like hours upon end and i never felt like throwing up then so there's some weird switch that has happened in the technology or at least for me and other people i know where it causes motion sickness (laughs) so maybe it's not such a good idea unless they can up the frame rate yeah that it you got anything else there? Uh, do, do, just let me scan through my notes because I didn't go do them in order. No, no worries. Uh, yeah, that's it. Alrighty, so because we had uh, Snowhawk cosplay, Ed Campbell here, I thought of an interesting topic that oh, I... Th- before oh. we go into that, yes, should we get his con report? Oh, yeah, actually. So, Ed, you were at Hamilton Comic Con. Yep. Um, my wife was sick and we had a whole whack of stuff to do the week before, so we didn't make it and ryan didn't make it i was cheap and lazy um i i am of the opinion i really like hamilton comic-con it's not in not quite as good as niagara i i think i like niagara a lot more than i like Um, hamilton but it's still a lot of fun since niagara falls comic-con and hamilton comic-con is still sort of the same they're run by the same company yeah. yeah um this year wasn't as good the guest lineup wasn't as strong if you want to look at it that way first. So if you look at the celebrities, mm. yes, the Royal Rumble reunion was cool. So Pat Patterson was there. He was uh, the only one, guest that I was really interested in. Um, one Man Gang was also there, and that was interesting. Yeah? him him. I haven't seen him in the area before. No, that's true. You're right. Yeah, uh, the Killer Bees were there, which they've been up before. Jim Duggan, we yeah. see, like it seems like he's up here every two yeah. months. Yeah, Jim Jim Duggan was there, Nikolai Volkov, but uh, I got to talk to Jimpin uh, uh, Jumpin uh, Jim Brunzel. Yeah, uh, Doctor Stevel introduced me to Jim, and he was really nice. So that was a good conversation with him. Um, you know, they had John. John Heater from Napoleon Dynamite, mm. Ernie Hudson, Bert, yep. Bert Ward. Uh, I saw pictures of Ernie Hudson wandering around in his Ghostbusters. He's been doing that for a little while costume. now. Yeah, and he went over to the Ontario Ghostbusters. That's where I saw those there photos. Stuff. Um, Bronson Pichot was there. How know. much were his autographs going for, if you don't mind me asking? I'm kind of curious. Uh, I think, well, a lot of the autographs were a lot more than what the table photos were. So it was interesting, like, Ernie Hudson was 60 bucks for an autograph, 
uh, like you bring your shit in. Yeah. He signed yeah. it. Okay. $50 for a table photo or it was 60 bucks for a combo or something like that. It, it worked out that it was only $10. Table photo being photos he was selling that he would sign. Well, it was the com- combo. No, I mean table photo is in... Like, um, you go around like, and get a photo yeah, with it, like a selfie? selfie with Oh, okay. I just wanted so, to clarify like it, that. It w- wound up that you basically, if you got the combo, you're only paying $10 more to get an autograph with him. If then yeah, buying which you might as separately. well do it at that. Point. So I just and the autographs were a lot more expensive, but it makes sense because um, you know people are selling that shit online now. So yeah, that's the unfortunate thing is like and, eBay has brought good things, and the the bad thing is is all that stuff's going up in all categories yeah. of conventions. And stuff. like Hamilton Comic Con, they also had the certificates of authenticity. So as soon as you got your autograph, you could have got a certificate uh sean michaels was there sunday only um i was waiting around for some friends and i turn around and look and there's there's a heartbreak kid walking right past me (laughs) so i almost wanted to do super kick bam take him out (laughs) but tell him uh, to suck it yeah oh you can't do that anymore the wwe will sue your ass for it (laughs) ask the young bucks but they got the, a season uh, desist this weekend. It's, it's always interesting when I meet the classic wrestlers because then when I'm like looking down on them, I don't mean as in figuratively. I mean like literally because they're shorter than they're you shorter thought. than me. Like I see yeah. Shawn Michaels coming by, and it was like, my God, I'm bigger than Shawn Michaels. Like you know, well, I, he was part of that small guy era, though. Like uh, you know, we can't have the steroid monsters for a while, so. It was him, Brett, and Bob Hawley was in, well, not in the upper card, but he was in the mix, right? Yeah. Like the biggest, that's why uh, fucking Kevin Nash always looked so great with Shawn Michaels because he towers over the dude. Yeah. And like when I met Kevin Nash, he's actually not that much taller than what I am. No, uh, probably about what, half a foot? I, yeah. If that. I'm 6'2. Yeah. So like when I saw Kevin Nash, I didn't have to look up that much. Yeah. Uh, as far as the vendors, it's the same vendors you get everywhere. Um, the comic book artists. The comic book section was lacking. I'll 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 straight out say it. That's part of the reason I didn't go. I went through or didn't make it. uh, Didn't make an effort to go. If you know, one of those things. If I had nothing going on, I would have gone. I went through Artist Alley, or uh, even sorry, even the Artisan Alley. It's the same people, same guys I see every one of those shows it's like it's like well if you were there last year re-up to get your booth for next year so you know i well i went to go pick up something for you ryan and i know exactly which booth to go to yep because i knew they were going to be there and i knew exactly what the price was so who is the big name comic artist this year did they have one like I, I remember seeing it was a lot of local guys, which are, there's nothing wrong with those guys, but I see them at every show. Like Leonard Kirk is one of the best artists Marvel has. Nothing against him other than he, he's at every local show, right? And I don't blame people for booking him or him for going, but at the same time, it's hard to get excited about a guy who you see every two weekends. I, You know what? It was largely forgettable. I really yeah. can't remember who the comic book draw was. Um, even attendance was way down. It felt like like, um, and this year like, had good weather. Oh, it was perfect weather. It was yeah. nice and cool. 
it was a perfect weather, especially if you're a cosplayer. It was perfect weather if you're even just going to convention and all that body heat in there. It just, yeah, weird hours too. Like starts at 10, finishes at 5, finishes at 4 o'clock on mm. Sunday. Uh, that could be about the... That could also be the venue as well. It was at the Warplane Museum, which... It's not the easiest thing in Hamilton to get no, to. No, it's, it's, you know, you're out Highway 6 there. Um, the other problem is, uh, complaints I heard was food. People Or lack thereof. Right? Yeah, like, you know, people were like, well, I need something to eat. So all it is is the snack bar that's at the museum. So you it's would- like you got a choice over... $8 sausage or a $6 hot dog. You know what? It, what is really sad about that is, it, like, I lived in Hamilton for a couple of years. Hamilton has one of the best food truck cultures in the province because they allow it, for one. Yeah. But there are, within the Hamilton area, there are, I can name off the top of my head, 10 to 15 different trucks. Why didn't the convention... Set well, something up with like. See, the- and I think the other problem too is they have limited parking in the front of the building, and then you're parked on the tarmac out behind. Oh, and because the airplanes are back there, like they were very vigilant on garbage in the back. Hmm. Like they had crews going around picking up garbage all the time. So I think it's one of those. Yeah, it's neat being at the airport. Uh, we did a team up yesterday. Uh, it's great for you guys for oh, photos and stuff. Unbelievable! But. Like I did, uh, we did two. Te- I did two photo shoots yesterday. Did one photo shoot of uh, Clint Hawkeye with Kate Bishop Hawkeye, and that was great. And then uh, it was uh, uh, Chelsea Ash and myself. We did Winter Soldier, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. And when you're hanging around like shipping containers and planes and and the terminal and all that kind of stuff, it it just looked cool. It was like perfect for Civil War. But I think it's time for Hamilton Comic Con to get back into downtown Hamilton. Why did they leave? Has it ever been stated? I just assume it's money. I, that I convention figured, center is probably not the cheapest place to I rent. I figure money as well because it was a much bigger convention when it was at the Hamilton but, Convention Center. And it was only one day, though. Because when they switched to two yeah, days that they moved to. It used yeah. to just be the Saturday and then they, yeah. then they moved to two days. Back when it was a one-day show, there was still a lot to see. You had a full full one day. After two days, you know. Part of me wonders if it's convention fatigue. Like, there, there is a show of some sort well, in Ontario every weekend Forest City, now. Forest City was the week before. Four. And London is... London's in two weeks. Two weeks. So, and there's London. That's a three-day show. Yeah. Yeah. And, Street like, Street. looking at... and. You know, no offense to the London show, that's a two-day show. Well, you yeah, look at see, the guest lineup year, and everything else, that's year, a two-day show. Last year, I did three days at London. By the time you get there for, like, the preview night and, and you start at 4 o'clock and it runs till 9, well, you've seen everything. I get back there on the on the Saturday. Uh, that ran until 7 or 8. Yeah. Well, then you go back on the Sunday and it was like we pulled the plug at 2 o'clock and went home. Because it just, you know, like, there's only so much the same you can thing see over and over. Yeah. Again. Now the cool thing f- for myself, uh, for Hamilton, uh, cosplay for a cure, uh, we're working with Candy Cosplay, uh, doing the costume contest. So mm-hmm. when I showed up, uh, one of the judges was unable to make it due to health, 
And so I was asked if I would be a judge in the cosplay contest. Oh, I didn't oh, cool. know that. That's cool. So I kind of jumped at the opportunity. And, yeah, why uh, not? I know that I, you know, what I do is not on the level of the people who are entering the contest, but I know craftsmanship. I know what I'm looking for, and I can respect whether it's a 3D printed piece or sewing. I know what to look for. Yeah. So, you also got kind of that middle ground of like, holy shit, I wish I could do yeah. that or teach me how to well, do and that. Well, the thing or is, too, if I had more time. More I time and didn't have too. And it's also one three of those, kids. too, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the people who have unbelievable talent. Yeah. So I see the work that they put into stuff so I know what to recognize and be an impart like a very impartial judge. So yeah, see, it was know, a it was a difference a, between something that's been someone's sewn themselves versus something that they bought from someone. If they commissioned it, okay, well, and they came up with the idea. That's one thing. No, you know, they realize that the extent of their talent ends at the idea, and they can't do the handmade thing. Okay, well, as long as they designed it, then that's a whole different thing. Same with even three D printed pieces. I imagine it's like, okay, well. Did you buy this 3D printed piece from somebody, or did you design this well, 3D even, printed piece? Did you piece sit and, the 12 hours and, and, and print it? Even on top of that, we did a lot of 3D printing. Well, yeah, it's a, but becoming it was one more of those and more two where it was like, okay, now you 3D printed it. Did you design the model yourself? That's what I'm saying. Or did you download the files? Yeah. And so some some people had downloaded the files and said, well, I tweaked it a bit. One guy design the files himself from scratch yeah so yeah well the the downloading of it is like that that can be you know that that in some cases that's a a starting point yeah you know because you have to you have to scale that and like your first one is like oh so the file i made was for my action figures was it (laughs) you know or you have to figure out how to assemble it and stuff like that too right and the other thing is too when because we did pre-judging so by the time you do the pre-judging, like it actually end up taking up the whole afternoon of Saturday uh, because by the time we started at 1 o'clock doing the pre-judging, 3.30 was the costume contest. So we had about a half hour in between the judging and the actual contest itself. And So the pre-judging was like anybody that wanted to be in there had to be there so you guys could actually go just kind yeah. of walk up, yeah, so take a look at them. Basically the see. actual contest, we already knew who was winning. Yeah, we'd already at that point, we had already sat down as as a board, uh, Candy and Casey and myself. We already sat down and we debated and talked about each one and ranked them. Okay, what did you feel about this one? What did you feel about this one? So it was. Uh, it now, was, is there a stage presence part to the contest and the and the judging, or just more of a hands on and look? Because we can still like we were basically judging on craftsmanship. That was the main. That's what the pre the pre judging yeah, for. Yeah, the pre judging was basically craftsmanship. In this actual contest, there is no component. There wasn't a component for, for stage presence or anything. Okay. Or um, you know whether you had a skit or anything mm. like that. We it was mainly just based on on your on the build and the costume. And so did you see it. anything really cool that came out of it? Like I'm, I'm assuming there was a couple, but oh yeah, there was quite a few. There was there was um, you know there were some people that they came in and and they were just like. Oh well, I'm a novice, mm. and you look at it, and it's like all 3D printed pieces, and it's like, well, actually, that's spectacular. So, 
Casey is a better judge of character when it comes down to that. She's a master master class craftsman. So she would be, no, you can't be a novice. We're going to put you up into journeyman because you're just that good. Yeah. Now, once we put them up in that class and then you're against the other ones, it's like, okay, yes, we bumped this person up because if we left them down in this level, they're going to kill everyone else. We put them up in this one, gives them more competition, but compared to this person, they were lacking on this component of their costume. Yeah. So it becomes more of a fine details point at, yeah. at that point. So Yeah, but what stood out? What was there one or two costumes was, to you that really there was, stood out? Uh the two that stood out to me or there quite a few stood out to me. Uh one was uh a couple. They worked on her costume, they worked on his costume, they were doing Overwatch. Uh, okay. One of them was a island version of Roadhog. The other one was Devil Mercy. Apologize if I get that wrong. I'm not an Overwatch person. And, and neither are we. Neither I just recognize the characters at this point because they are everywhere. At yeah. Cons. Now, like they were like super, superb um, 3D printed stuff, even on the island Roadhog. He's like, I readjusted the resolution because it's supposed to look like wood. So he adjusted the resolution on his 3D printer. So a little bit more grainy. And the wood oh. came out, it actually looked like the so wood grain. So like the wood grain to it? Oh, yeah. okay. So he cool. kind of went like the opposite of what a lot of people do. That's a kind of a neat yeah, and idea. Yeah, it, it worked out worked out perfect. Oh, uh, cool. The best in show was uh, Darkly Designed Cosplay. She did uh, comic book heroin. So she had entered the Fan Expo costume contest. So if you, um, every... Basically, her whole costume is made out of comic books. Okay. And it's it was a uh, vinyl laminated um, comic comic pages that she could cut and sew. So she made a corset, skirt, uh, wings with. Uh, oh, so she wasn't a specific character. Nope she was. She was a, made up of a, characters, kind of. She's an it's an original plan design, oh, cool. but everything like. Her, she has a tiara that has a different theme. Her boots, like one boot is uh, Star Wars with all the light side on it. The other one is, her other boot is all the dark side. So how long did it take her to make this? <sighs> Months. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, but but she also had fully functioning wings. and, and Yeah. So, no, so uh, Debbie, she ended up winning Best in Show. She got bumped up a class and... And basically was the best, the best of the day. So, speaking cool. of cosplayers, uh, since we're sort of talking about this, I started checking out because um, he liked one of our photos. The um, the guy who was uh, the Battle Chasers character at the Barry Comic Con yes. a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Enough props, man! Do, dude does cool work. Winston he, is is super talented. I like to the point where I kind of want to talk to him about maybe getting com- something commissioned made on like weaponry wise. He did um you know that the the hammers you throw in Destiny when you're a Titan the flaming hammers? Yes, those, the the one with the hawk. The real pain in the ass hammers when you're playing in the Crucible. Yeah. So he made a prop one of those. It oh, nice. just looks amazing because it was like, hey, I actually recognize that. <laughs> I know what that is. But beyond that, like he he's done a bunch of Overwatch pistols and stuff like that. And his costume from Battle Chasers was really good. I just felt bad that I didn't recognize it right off the bat because it's that comic's been is now a number of years going. But well, no, Winston is extremely talented. I'm glad he was able to come out to Barry Public Library Comic Con. Yeah. And yes, I'm 
he's going to have a bigger involvement next year because the guy is that damn good. So, uh, actually, speaking of conventions, maybe we should take the uh, this moment to mention something that the three of us are going to be doing in, uh, well, it'll be a, a w- like the end of the week from when this episode comes yeah, out. October 14th. We are going to be at the Oshawa Comic Con. The Oshawa Library Comic Con. Um, we- uh, o- OPL Fan Con. Fan Con. Is that That's what they're calling it? I checked their Facebook page today. Yeah, so, and that's what its official name is: is OPL FanCon. So, if you didn't happen to catch us at the Barry one, we're going to be doing something similar at this one. We are going to be doing a live podcast, and we are going to be—I'm going to be doing uh, the the lecture that I did at the the Barry one, and Ed's going to be one of the the uh, cosplayers. Are you the only cosplayer? Or are you like you're the featured cosplayer, but I'm, is... I'm one of the featured cosplayers. And Who else is there? Anybody Actually, you know? Ash, King of the Freaks, is coming now. As oh, Loki. okay, cool. So he's coming down with us. So be Thor and Loki, and I'm also doing a panel as well. Uh, cos- What's your panel? Cosplay 101. Oh, good. So that was good. The the first time. Yeah, you did it. the the first one, which was supposed to be about prop making, and ended up evolving into Cosplay 101. So that's what I'm tailoring this panel to be. So it's how to get into the world of cosplay, or if you're in the world of cosplay and you want to get to the next level, I can give some tips and tricks on working with photographers, social media presence, picking the characters, picking prints, all that kind of stuff. All the things you've learned over yeah. your, what is it now, five years? Four, four, years. Wow. four years. Is it only four? Yeah, it's only four Seems years. Seems longer than that. I know, like, I don't have the same social media presence as some people you also don't have the same boobs as some people <laughs> but i also have quite a few things i've been able to knock off my bucket list like featured on marvel's Customerfest twice which they are open for submissions right now if you are a cosplayer just email cosplay at marvel.com for uh, have you i haven't yet Oh, I'm do, you, do you know? You don't have to say which one, but do you know which one you're going to throw at them well, this I'm year? I'm going to wait until my Hawkeye pictures come in uh, from the weekend. But so. you don't want to wait too long because we're already into October. Uh, last year I emailed. Oh, they take submissions right up until like the. They 15th. do it as like a weekly thing. Yeah. So. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. Though. You don't want to. Last year I emailed them on what the 26th of September. Yeah. And I was featured on October 8th. Yeah. So they. They'll put you up pretty quick. If if you send in something that's what they can use or what they like or what they would like to fe- feature, they'll get you up quick. So, because last cool. year I got I got chosen as Dum Dum Dugan. So, yeah. that, uh, and that I think you have that going for you is you usually send in something that they don't get a crap ton of. Although your first one is Thor, wasn't it? No, my first one was Star Lord. Oh, was it Star-Lord? But, but you, Star-Lord not a lot of looks, people have done Star-Lord yet. And my Star-Lord looked completely different than everyone else's. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I, thank you. Was for that it. the one I edited? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was <laughs> that was one from the Cosplay for a Cure shoot that you did the, the edits on. And that's uh, 2014 we got into Marvel Customerfest. In case anybody wasn't aware, all those fun photos that go up with our podcast, that's all Ryan's work. It's a labor of love. What can I say? Yeah. How silly can I make us look? I'm curious about. Uh, I meant to ask Alex Alex Greenfield what he thought of his because, like, that black and white photo looked fine up until when you put it on. Like, man, it looks like a mugshot <laughs> or like the news photo well, of like this man was arrested today because you can only put up what you got. Yeah, yeah. Well, I probably could have asked him for a headshot, but we were running on time. Yeah. 
Um, so, okay, thank you for the, the con update. Now we get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, so Ryan last week suggested that I uh, take a look at the Lethal Weapon TV series because it showed up on Netflix. And it's good. I know Ed is, oh, but Lethal Weapon, the movie series, is so awesome. They should never make a TV show about it. Uh, I want Lethal Weapon 5. I don't want Lethal Weapon, a TV show. I don't See, want my, Lethal my Weapon 5 at this was pretty point. Close. I think they should just leave it be. What are you saying? You're getting too old for this shit? No, I said no, they're way too old for the shit. And one of them, a little racist. Just a little. He's a, and honestly, he's become so much better director than he ever was an actor. He's a good actor, don't get me wrong, but he, the, Gibson is a great director, and I'd much prefer him to spend time making movies. I just want one last time. <laughs> I just want them together one more time. You, I'd I want I want Maverick too. Well, I want yeah. Maverick too as well because he Jesus. could play that. He could play that forever. Anyways. Anyways, so along with that, I'm searching through Netflix, and the Exorcist TV show is also on, which I've heard a lot of good things about, I, and I'm going to sit down on those days when Jen is not home to watch. She does not like scary movies or TV shows, and I got to thinking, since it was the three of us, and we, we've talked about movies that need sequels and stuff like that, or movies that should have gotten a sequel or should have ended before they got a sequel, maybe. I was thinking for our main topic today, we would talk about movies that deserve to be turned into a TV show or could benefit from being turned into a TV show Um, because there's a lot of those apparently going around right now. So given that we all have sort of similar tastes in movies, I was kind of curious what we'd come up with. So um, let you go first, Ryan. Oh, yay. The person that's probably the least prepared. Um, well, you had asked us to talk come out, talk about uh, maybe doing some stars or some main cast or stuff like mm. that. And as well, if anybody else doesn't know, and I know you guys do know, I am horrible with remembering actors' names and who they are. Because <laughs> usually if I watch a show and I enjoy it, I like the show and I don't really care who they are. But Ed and I are pretty good at it, so we might be able to fill in so your you blanks. So you guys can like, guess and you guys can cast them for me. Because I didn't really. Well, that's think. if we even like your show idea. Yeah, we might just shit on it. Well, wouldn't be the first time. Okay, so okay, so I have three. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with um, some of. The, well, no, two of them are kind of obvious. It'd be easy to make into TV shows. I'm kind. Of, it's one of those, like The Matrix. Redo oh, the Matrix a, as a TV show. Yeah. Why not? You, Where would it, when would you set it? Like before the movies, during the movies, or like remake the movie into the TV show? I think you'd be better off to just ignore the movies. Okay. Do the lethal, we- the lethal weapon route, where it's just like, yeah, the movies are the movies. TV shows can be a TV show. You can start it off, and you know, with introducing, you just you stretch out the story of the TV show mm-hmm. over. Five seasons of a TV of oh, sorry the story of the movie you stretch it out over the TV show for like five seasons. You develop characters. You do and maybe you change things so you don't end up at you know with you know computer Jesus and and maybe instead of the chosen one being you know white guy maybe it's a female or you know you change things up like that. I think that that world that universe is enough going on. That could be developed fully, like fleshed out in a TV series. I also think to to your advantage is, I think enough time has passed. Well, that's the other thing. I was with my thoughts. Like for the ones, all the my three picks are all movies that 
the franchises are at this point are like okay, they, they've been out of the limelight for long enough that if a movie, a TV show was started to develop now to come out in the next year or two, it would work. Like it's been mm-hmm. enough downtime. Yeah, well, not a bad pick. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought about the Matrix before I ended up going with it. The Matrix, except I was going to do an animated series, like a like an anime style for adults or at least teens yeah. to adults kind of thing. Well, see, but, I didn't know we could tr- make our choice be a cartoon or something. Oh, like that. And then, I thought we were just going live action. It's okay. I went. With, I went with live action for for if my you, choice. If you went so. with an animated Matrix, you could do a lot more. Well, for sure, for just, less money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you're gonna do, because if you're gonna do animated, this now, I would just throw out Star Wars. Do a Star Wars. You know, there's already Star Wars animated series, but you know, do one that's more of you know something we haven't seen or a little more. Ad, well, you know, we might be getting that with the next show, though. Well, so. Who knows what we're gonna yeah. get? There, okay. There's always that rumors of that one. You know, the that TV series with that they wrote hundreds of scripts for that got canned. Yeah. So. Uh, that was you. You said you had a couple. Yeah, I'll come back. We can come back. Okay, so we'll go to we'll go to Ed. Okay, so I've been thinking about this since you brought up the topic last night, and it wasn't on purpose. <coughs> but now the first thing that popped in my head was the losers. <laughs> but see, I, I, I thought of that one, but I knew but, that you I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. Yeah, but uh, again, I, I thought about the losers first. But then I put it aside because I love that so much. I would never make a TV show out of it because I want the sequel. So I put the losers aside so we can have a losers discussion if it happens to be someone else's choice. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. Okay, so, so losers is put aside. We'll, we'll come back to so here, make a note of that. So here is the... Oh, you won't have to. <laughs> <laughs> What, it was like Batman and Batman Returns? <laughs> <laughs> so, the one I chose, and I'm not trying to copy Lethal Weapon, but I thought it was an underutilized property that we never got a sequel for that I think would work perfect on television, The Last Boy Scout. You know what? Yeah, that could work. And so when you said about who would you cast, and I think I come up with a pretty interesting cast. Now, Jimmy Dix... Of course, Damon Wayans played him mm. in he's the movie. He's currently busy in Lethal Weapon. And he's Weapon. old. Yes. But his son is Looks a... Looks a hell of a lot like him. And <laughs> is a damn good actor. Yeah. Because yep. I really like him on New Girl. So Jimmy Dix, I would actually have Damon Wayans Jr. Okay. So for Joe Hallenbach... That's the Bruce Willis character, Bruce right? Willis character. Rick Schroeder. Uh, I could see that, because especially when you think of like the the NYPD Blue kind of yeah, era. NYPD Blue, and there was he was also in that uh, Brad Paisley video Whis- Whiskey Lullaby, where he plays yeah. a drunk. But he was that's a really good video, and I thought that whole Joe Hallenbach character is a bit of a drunk, you know, like kind of at trying to. He was a he was a Boy Scout, right? He was yeah. like a Secret Service agent, and now he's a bum, and he's trying to get back to that point. And I'm like, okay, so who's going to play his wife? Um, I left my notes at home, so I can't remember what the wife's name was. Sarah. Sarah Hellenbeck was his wife. So I would actually choose Elizabeth Berkeley from Saved by the Bell. 
Well, she's and not show, doing anything right girls. now. No. Because she's around that, you know, Rick Schroeder's 47, she's 45, something like that. I would say a couple of years younger than him, but not by much. Yeah, so I think it would be an interesting casting. That's yeah, a, no. and and that that is you such don't even that, have to make it a sequel to the movie. No, you, no, no, it's just a, you could even like you could just have it that they're a detective agency. Yeah, you, no. you, you know, you could even start it off with the. First you could actually few remake the movie. The movie. Yeah. yeah, you could remake the movie, but I think you know have it take place in L.A. Kind of a little bit gritty. Have it that Tony Scott look to it. Or even if you made it so that it was post movie and just you could always allude to the facts, like to the events that, that the movie happened, but you don't even yeah. have to be specific yeah. about oh, no, it. But yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be back like how you know, how they got together. Like you could even be like you know, Alan back and just Dicks. months later, or, like, or even yeah. a year later, or yeah. Now, as far as Darian, the daughter, you could cast whatever, whoever. Like I wasn't thinking that. Oh yeah, I was. I was thinking you get like the two leads or one lead, and yeah. that's about it. But I think, but. Again, like Sarah is important because, you know, like she was the main point in the original movie or like, you know, why he was living in his car and all that kind of stuff because mm. his wife was banging his, you know, Mike. So, no. but that was one of the ones I had. I have another one, but. Okay. So I've only got one with special mentions to others. I too was going to go with the losers. But I backed out um, basically because I'm like, well, I said movie that turned into TV show. It started off as a comic book. Does that count? Am I breaking my own rules? So I wouldn't have called you out on that. Yeah, I, I, I know. But uh, it was, um, I, I think The Losers, the TV show, that w- like w- would have great potential. You know who I cast as Clay? No, who? Jim Caviezel. Oh, see, I just kept the the casting the same because other that well, you'd have to replace Chris Evans. He would be the one that you would and have Andrew to replace. Zelda, you'd have to replace. He's he's spoilers. He's dead. <laughs> he died in the movie, well, right? Yeah, I was but are you remaking? Director. Yeah, but are you remaking the losers? Or oh no, I was doing sequel? almost direct like continuation of so the story. So basically, they're going after Max. Yeah. Jason Patrick's not really doing a hell of a lot, and yeah. you don't need him for every episode. Well, Zoe Saldana, I don't know if you. Oh uh, yeah, I guess it, she would be the other one you'd have to recast. Yeah. But like Pooch and Cougar, you can easily. I don't know them. if I've seen Cougar in anything since that movie. Yeah. I don't even know the poor actor's name. I feel a little bad. Yeah. But like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, would you be able to get him? Well, He's kind of doing that little Walking Dead show. Yeah, but Walking Dead's only how many episodes a season? They don't do a full 24. I think they do. I didn't think they did. I thought they only did like 16 at the max. And uh, and something so told me this season they're doing a short season again. Oh, I, I think JDM would I think JDM likes the character. I, I just like like Clay has such an iconic look with the black jacket and the white like the black yeah. suit and the white and that's basically what Jim Caviezel wore for five seasons on Person of Interest, and that would just be so cool to see him. He would. Playing. He wouldn't be bad, and as well if Jason Patrick was uh, was unable to do the show, he'd make a great Max. Oh yeah. But basically, my idea was you do it Max 
five seasons, do it on HBO, Showtime, AMC, somewhere where you can get away with a little bit of violence, a little bit of swearing. Well, you have to, to do Jock's artwork justice, yeah. you'd need gritty. Yeah. And you do 10 episode seasons. That way you also can maximize your budget. So when you need to blow shit up, you can blow shit up. Yeah. Yeah. But. So th- that was my honorable mention. I thought about the Matrix. So I guess great minds think alike on this podcast, or fools seldom differ. One of the two. Uh, what I ended up going with, and I can't take full credit for it because my my roommate from years ago, Chris Ritchie, I believe he's on Twitter as Wise Owl something, uh, helped me just talking shit back and forth one night. I would turn into a, I think I would do it for uh, maybe just a season, just uh, a 10 to 20 episode run, transform the Japanese film Battle Royale into an American film. Now, for those who haven't seen it, basically, uh, in order to control population uh, in Japan, in the, the future where there's lots of shit going on, they're never really specific about what that shit is. They throw these kid. They knock these kids out. They throw them on on an island and say, "Welcome to the Hunger Games." Pretty much, but before the Hunger Games I existed, know. you get a backpack that has one weapon, some bread, and a map, and you have a. So they're playing real life PUBG, and you have uh, a necklace on your or a collar on your neck. That if you try to take it off, it kills you. If you're not in the right zone at the right time, it kills you because the zones move in order to focus. Like PUBG. Like what? Player Unknown's Battleground. Oh, okay. I didn't PUBG. know that's what it was short formed as. Yeah. But how I would Americanize it was was the first episode. It starts off half of the episode is basically your shitty American teen drama. Like, like, kind of like a Riverdale, or well, the Riverdale's not shitty, but like a uh, nine hundred two one zero. You get like a lot of pretty kids on it, and then you get the nerds <laughs> that they get get picked on and stuff. And they're going to the senior dance or the prom, and they're on on a bus, and they all get knocked out, and they wake up on this island, and then you have like whoever the the pretty kids of the moment are have to go out in the woods and start murdering one another. And and make alliances and stuff like that. And I love the original Battle Royale movie, and I think that's how you can Americanize it. The unfortunate thing is, can't really do staying power. It's not one of those. Once you get past that gimmick, it really you've got maybe a season, maybe two, or else you start getting into prison break territory where they're like, "We got to break out of this prison, but we're on the moon." <laughs> you know, like. You start running out of prisons to break out of. <laughs> that's kind of like the movie Lock Up with um, Guy Pierce, where it was like Escape from New York, but on the and they lost yeah. the lawsuit to John Carpenter yeah. over it because it was enough. <laughs> it was just enough. Yeah. So basically, cast wise, I would take anybody who is just aged out of Disney movies. Uh, Disney of Disney shows. So like uh, whatever the current I Carly is, well, not she's obviously gone, but like that it, type that, of show. Yeah. Whoever, when those shows end, you just start rounding up those pretty looking kids and, and throwing them into the old chipper. Yep, pretty much. So that, and it would have to be on AMC, Showtime, HBO, somewhere where HBO or Showtime preferred, because then you can have like the the psycho kid who mows people down with machine guns easy enough, or 
the the kid who gets the arrow stuck in his head and shit like that, right? Like you need, you need the sort of absurd level of violence that the the movie ended up having to kind of make their point. And if you haven't seen Battle Royale, see Battle Royale. It's it's easily foundable. It was on Netflix. Do you have a copy? Yes. I may have to borrow that. I've got. How many I, copies I, do you have, Brent? Um, I just have one. Oh. It's on DVD, but I, I it was I now I bought a bootleg. Now this was before it was available in North America commercially, but my bootleg is the most awesome bootleg of this movie you will ever see. Because it comes in a box that looks like it's been shot up by bullets. Inside that box, the because it's a set of Battle Royale 1 and Battle Royale 2. Battle Royale 2 is a piece of shit. Don't, I won't even loan it to you. It's not worth your time or money. But those movies are, locate, are in a box that is like an ammo case. Mm-hmm. And it's like a magnetic top to it. And I paid a grand total of... Five dollars. Ten. Because oh. it was two movies. That's right. <laughs> Five dollars per movie at Pacific Mall. Uh, I miss the days of bootleg movies. At subtitled Mall. or dubbed? Uh, subtitled. Uh, uh, there is, as far as I know, I don't like. It has been released since by uh, Anchor Bay released it a couple of years ago on Blu-ray. Well, I remember seeing it available at Walmart back when when one of the Hunger Games was yeah. first coming out. And as far as I know, I don't think they've it's ever been dubbed. So even if you buy the Walmart copy, you're I'm sure there's not a lot of talking going on in a movie called Battle Royale. Oh, uh, there, there get... are some really good story points in it oh. too. Like there's these girls that tried to like, why are we killing each other? Why don't we just band up and kill the guy who's forced us into this bullshit? And it doesn't go well. well of course not. <laughs> but and like there's other like it's like Survivor, right? Like there's different techniques you can oh, use. Wow. Yeah, and uh, Takashi Katano's in it, who is. Um, you would probably best know him as, uh, you know, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge? Yes. He was the host of the original Japanese show. You know, those two guys that they've badly dubbed over and stuff? Yes. He's one of the guys. He's oh, okay. Takashi's Castle. He's Takashi in it. Oh. He, uh, he was also in... Um, I haven't seen that or thought about that show in forever. He was also in Johnny Mnemonic. Okay, and, I saw uh, parts of that movie. And he was in the most recent Ghost in the Shell. He was one of I the, the Japanese movie. actors in Ghost in the Shell. Okay, so that was my major choice. You said you had another, Ryan? Well, yes, I, I had more. And I guess the real problem with all my picks is the special effects budget. Yeah, but this is but nowadays, it's not like HBO like, is going to give us money to make well, any of these yeah, movies. Yeah, but even so. nowadays you get in these like shows like Dark Matter. You, know, you might only get a 10-episode season, but it's mm. all in space. It's spaceships, it's special effects, it's stuff like that. Starship Troopers. Like a live-action show? A live-action series. Would you have Casper? You could. Especially if you continue it so that it, you know the movie has already started. Movie established the universe. You know why? They don't, so it's like okay, there's people they're fighting bugs. They've made since then. They've had more, uh, at least two direct to DVD cartoon like animated features. And there was a couple live action ones as well. Well, there was a yeah, shitty sequel live there action. There was uh, two, four of them, I think. No, well, there's there was two. There's two, and then three. Was that- three was live action. Yeah. And then four was animated. Was four animated? And then I know it's one of those ones in the game of the, of how many sequels do you think this movie has? As you guys are, because Chris Andean was in the third one. 
Yeah. The second one was a low, deep, low budget. It was kind of like, yeah, like Blair Witch Project, first person video on the cheap. Seriously? Like it was a first person? Well, a lot of like, you know, the the shaky cam running around. Oh, God, that sounds awful. I've never seen it. I think my brother might actually own those. I'm not sure. You could get the three pack. Yeah. At one time. I only have the first movie because I figure anything past that, I even though I do like Casper Van Dien and he's a cool guy, I've met him a couple times. Yeah. And I always have, like, really cool conversation with him, but... Well, and the one cool thing is he still has a lot to do with that franchise, I think, you know, because of all the cartoons, like the two cartoons that I've seen, um, you know, the, the first one, he only had a bit part in it as a voice actor, but he was still like, you know, in the credits as an like executive producer. I love him in Con Men. And things like that. Oh, yeah, the, yes. <laughs> the bartender. The bartender at every single every, hotel bar. Yep. Okay, so there, So if we're going to play the how many sequels game, Okay. so how many are there in the franchise? Well, like you said, three live action, and I'm going to say two direct-to-DVD cartoons. There was that so cartoon So Starship series. Troopers in 1997. 2004 yep. was Starship Troopers 2. Yep. Number... 2008 was Star Trip, Starship Troopers 3 Marauder. Okay. With Casper. Yep. Okay. Four, or then there was Star Trek Troopers Invasion. Yep, that's a cartoon. Yeah. I've and seen that one's good. And then now the, the new one, Traitor of Mars. Traitor of Mars. That's a good one, too. And, and now he's those, one of the stars in that one. He, those animated cartoons are not connected to the animated series, no. right? Because there was an animated series. But the series animated too. series wasn't even connected to the movie. Yeah, no, because okay. the animated series was based on the books. Well, yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah I, I've read the book. None of these things are based but on I just, the book. So, but I'm just thinking, like, especially in this day and age, yeah. and like, the way the original book's intent with the, the, the talk of prop, you know, the industrial military complex and the propaganda mm-hmm. and all that really could fit in in this day and age with it could be a real you know vent you know put it on hbo with a westworld budget that that show could fly oh yeah especially you know if you do it on hbo then you can still do the nudity that you used to seeing in that movie and (laughs) not that you need a bunch of nudity in it no no but doesn't hurt to show that was equal yeah but that was equal opportunity nudity too there was the big shower scene where everybody's just it's the future and people shower together and nobody gives a fuck you ever heard the the story behind that no is the the director paul verhoven one of the one of the girls i don't don't remember which one it was went well why aren't you getting naked and he's like and because he's he's dutch he's got that like interesting sort of weird accent he's like Fine, and he dropped his pants and directed the whole scene sans pants and underwear. <laughs> and apparently, at that point, everybody in the cast was like, "Okay, this dude's all right. This is gonna be one of those movies." Okay, everybody. Well, even when he directed RoboCop, if you watch the special features on that one, uh, like <laughs> when when he's talking about the uh, American Jesus, RoboCop is American Jesus. That's the main <laughs> thing I remember about it. Or like Kerwood Smith saying, like. The one scene where he comes up and he's like, "You got any more blood?" and he fills his mouth full of blood and is like, "Give me my fucking phone call!" and like, Verhoeven just went nuts. He popped over it because he just loved it. It's like, "Oh, you want more blood? We'll get you more blood." Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. So that's I'll, I'll tell you about RoboCop later. We won't take up the show for it, but yeah, yeah. that that's a common a director's commentary that everybody should listen to. <laughs> Yeah, no, good choice. So I, I, I like that would, one. I thought that one would work. And then like my other one is another franchise that's 
I was reading today, I guess they're looking at doing a re, you know, kind of a reboot sequel not involving the original people, uh, but a Men in Black series. Like a live-action TV show? Yeah. I went, uh, my, yeah. my whole idea was everything was live-action. Um, you know, that could be a, f- a fun little... It uh, wouldn't even have to could be on network television, you know, because it would just be like, you know, Alien of the Week, and these guys, and, you know, you could even, you know... More or less redo the idea of the the original movie where it's like you know you have your old grizzled, you know experienced mm-hmm. veteran guy and brings in the rookie off the street and has to explain so you know the rookie's point of view is us so that gets our point of view so we can get introduced into the universe and then it can just expand from there. I could also see Damon Wayne's kid in that one. Yeah, and as uh, Will Smith's part. Who would you who would you get to replace Tommy Lee Jones though? You know who, who I was thinking might work, but then I was like, uh, "You watch Supernatural." Yeah. So the guy who played Bobby, the old, the the, the old oh, guy who was yeah, like yeah, the yeah. father figure to them. Yeah, he's got that grizzled old man. You know, the old. You know, I've I seen too much shit. He would definitely be good for that show. Period. Because if you didn't cast him for that, if you well, if you couldn't get Rip Torn, but I think you probably well, can. But that's the thing. You but he could have someone that looks just like you know. No, but you don't if have it, to. Pick Damon Wayne's Jr. because you don't need to. It doesn't have to be an old white guy and a young black guy. It could be the other way around. Yeah, no, true, but uh, no, just I think he would be good as that character, that newbie, yeah, guy coming in. But like, um, uh, I can't. I'm trying to remember what that dude's name is. The guy from Supernatural. I mean, but like, he would also be good as the the grumpy. Zed character, yeah, Rip like Torn's the, the, character, the, the, right? Yeah, the the lead of on the, the off chance of, Rip Torn is busy in jail that day from driving well, his they, car through something. They actually killed his character off in three. Yeah, but does anybody really remember three? Yeah, no, three was great. I love three. Oh wait, no, yeah, three is good. It's two is the the no, two is the, two is the hour and twenty minute piece of shit with Johnny Knoxville. It's got one good joke in it, and I think I'm the only person who likes the joke. Is the the Michael Jackson one where Michael Jackson's like I could be Agent M and they're like you're breaking up they just <laughs> hang up, up on, him. on him I like the idea that Michael Jackson wants to be a Men in Black and he's for whatever with reason them and wants to be a Men in Black he can help them out alien. from time to you know, time actually, but they just really don't want to go with them you know who I would grab to be Zed he played Zed or he played the the chief or whatever in the sixties. David Rashi, who was Sledgehammer in Men in Black Three, yeah, he, he's the he's the chief in the sixties. Oh, and they go back in time. Uh, yeah. Okay, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah he'd no. be okay. I love him as an actor, anyways. So you know, like Sledgehammer, still one of my favorite shows growing up. So I, you know, I'd cast him in anything. So yeah, <laughs> and Men in Black, uh, you just need prosthetic. Yeah. money or or cheap special effects to do aliens every once in a yeah, while exactly. like it's well, you know, not you, a constant thing because yeah, they're in. supposed to be hiding amongst us anyways right yeah. so oh, for the few around the office you like bring you in could... the Henson company you know you get some make some Muppets yep yeah it's not like you couldn't get Tony Shalhoub to come back yeah Monk's Crazy. been over for a couple of years yeah. so, oh. yeah. both of, both of which I like okay Ed, idea, you had, man. Hollywood you had come and another? hire me well I got thinking I can't like one of the ones I chose, Tango and Cash. Yeah, well, it's a, another buddy cop one. Yeah, but hey, buddy cops work. work on TV, and that that one you can even flip uh, race and gender to a certain extent yeah. with it too. So it's pretty malleable. Well, and the 
the other thing too I've been thinking about you know like with TV right now you got you know all your criminal minds NCISs all that kind of stuff it'd be nice to kind of go back to you know the 80s style of, of TV or movies like Magnum like Nash Bridges yeah, Nash Bridges that's a show I'm surprised hasn't Remington popped up Steel, on, Scarecrow, and Mrs. King. Um, uh, well, that's kind of for hire. It's part of the reason why I think the losers would work so well because yeah. it would be it's that more or less the A team, like the last action adventure show of that nature that I can think of off the top of my head is Burn Notice, and that that's was been, about to say the exact same thing. And Burn Notice has been done a couple of years yeah, now, right? Three, four years now. So, like, and to me, that that's fun. So, something like Tango and Cash, where you know, do you have them that they're working at the same precinct, or do you just rebate, remake the movie? Have Tango as a top cop at one precinct, Cash being the top cop at another precinct? Stretch the story out a little bit longer before they actually meet up. Yeah. Like the, the setup portion of them yeah. being set up and establishing that they're these awesome cops, too, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, and they're, right? they're rivals of each other. Yeah. You know, they're trying to... So that's what I was thinking. And then I was trying to... You know, it can't just all be... About action movies and buddy cop movies. How about Twister? How do you make that into a TV show, though? Like, a, a, like for more than a couple episodes? You'd, it would have to be basically more about the research and the science side of it versus the chasing tornadoes. Unless you do it 24 style, where it's the whole ah, season is compressed yeah, into that like works. two or three days. Yeah. And it's just the drama of the chasing the storm and maybe dealing with life and being in the storm. Yeah. yeah. Don't so, know if you'd get multiple seasons out of it. Could probably get two or three. Yeah. And what's a, what's the magic number? You need three full twenty six seasons before syndication. That's the that's the magic number. Why like? Well, you need fifty episodes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you basically need three seasons. Yeah. And if you're going the full twenty. Well, the first episodes. first seasons of most shows are short, right? Yeah. Or you, you partial start or, with thirteen. Yeah, because it's that's it. That's why sometimes you get that second season show, and then it gets that third season. And you're like, why the fuck did this get a third season? Because they had an empty time slot, and it's like, if we do one more, we can make our money back off of it by throwing it in the syndication. But, no, like, a, and another one I got thinking, and it was just happened to be, I looked down in the discount bin, or the $5 bin at Walmart, and it was also a movie that I forgot came out back in the 90s. Uh, Contact. With Jodie Foster. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Based on a pretty good book, too. Yeah. yeah. So if you had something like that, where it is like the you know, search for intelligent. Alien yeah, that could totally, you could stretch that out. Like, even if you just took the story of that movie, you could easily stretch that out over a season. Yeah. Yeah. You could create like controversy and turmoil of government overrun and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, just the protesting and then the, the, the ethics of all well, this message coming from space. And, or how about even doing something. Like um, Hidden Figures, but doing uh, the one about NASA back in the 60s, but um, even do like a NASA back in the 60s, like Apollo oh, 13 one, or something. The, the like movie that. that came out there was about yeah, the women? Yeah, with the ones yeah. Sorry, Kevin okay. Costner, yeah. Like, you know, it'd be kind of neat, uh, even on that same thread of, of doing space, doing a period piece, a yeah. period show in the 60s with, about NASA. 
Yeah, the original astronauts. Like you just well, there was from the Earth to the Moon. Did you not see that? No, I never really saw it. Uh, if that's your thing, it's really good. Uh, uh, Tom Hanks and Spielberg produced it, and it goes through the space program. Yeah, but is it a series or is it a documentary? It's a series. Oh, okay, and the actors are in it, okay. <laughs> like not not it's real not people. Real. No, well, no, it's not just a documentary. Um, it's a. I'm trying to think, scripted. and like. I think it's one of those things. I don't think they get up to Apollo 13 or they uh, they kind of skip over it. Like it's like, now go and watch the movie and we're back. <laughs> but uh, all those are good choices. There's a lot of good TV out there. I just. Well, there's like so many movies that are forgotten now, too. Yeah. Like you figure the amount of stuff, like uh, even back in the 90s. How many movies were coming out in the '90s, and now you basically forget that they even existed? Yeah. Well, even just think of like when my whole thought. Like, and I forgot to mention this. I just now that I glanced at my notes again, like my, with my idea for Starship Troopers, um, to save budget and everything like that, do it kind of uh, tour of duty style. Yep. So embedded with a group. Uh, for those of you who don't know what tour of duty is, it was a Vietnam War. Era TV mm. show done in the early nineties. No, it was a. It was around eighty seven. Was it eighty seven? Okay. Yeah, was it? Like I remember watching the repeats like of it in the nineties. So I thought it was like three seasons. Yeah, it was really short. Uh, the theme song was painted black yep. at the beginning, which was awesome. Uh, it had some really good episodes. You know, sometimes it was just you know they got them you know, trudging through the bush or like under attack at their base, or and then other times you know it's grander ideas about the politics and, and everything going on. Given and, the format of the movie. Where like there's all that propaganda stuff in yeah. it and stuff like that. Have it as like they they're filming the propaganda the footage for the propaganda show. They can even so have you that, can yeah. get away with like that's why we're following this particular group. Yeah, and then you can even do like you know first person camera stuff if you want to, but you don't have to do it all the time. Well, I mean, you know yeah, you can do it like exactly. it'll, it'll, oh, yeah. it allows for a lot of creativity doing the show. Awesome. Well, Hollywood, we are available for think tank jobs. Um, we can just I, come up with ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me a check. Uh, yeah. Well, I, we could come up with story, too. I, I, I don't have enough experience as a script writer. Yeah. But hey, we'll hey, I know points. a script writer now. So I know a guy. We'll, we'll, put a, we'll put a package deal. I'll call Alex, <laughs> and we'll all put together. And like, what's a, a man of action? Men of action? The, yeah, the guys yeah, who do all the Marvel them. cartoons? That's like the think tank of, yeah. of guys. We could do that. I, yeah. I'm cool with that. And sure, we wouldn't make as much money as showrunners. But, you know, if we spit out like eight shows and get royalties off of them yeah. once they hit syndication, we'll never We're have to work ideas. again in our lives. Don't work much to begin with. Or at least I don't. Or I try not to. Alrighty. So we'll end this episode the way we always end every episode with Geek Picks. Geek picks. We'll start with our guest, Ed. Our am special I, convention. You're a special convention correspondent. Am I a guest anymore? Or been on like. I think every episode from here on out, I'm just going to give you a new title. Yeah. So you're like this episode, your special convention correspondent, and then next He's next special episode, Ed. Next episode, special Ed. <laughs> if we weren't in your own house, I would smack the crap out of your. I own know. If I give you beer. Well, I know you gave me beer. It's also empty. But anyways. There's more in the fridge. Uh, geek picks. Well, I had a pick. It was it related to one of the last episodes that the four of you were all together. Okay. 
I know his pick. Now, but here's here's another pick, oh. though. Okay, here's my other pick. Uh, because if today is the day that we lost Tom Petty, and if you don't know who Tom Petty is, go pick up Tom Petty's Greatest Hits. Basically, that album, it chronicles his career up until uh, just before Wildflowers. It, it was basically his career at MCA. Mm. So that is a great album. It has all his best hits off of those albums, yeah. starting with his very first one, going right up to Great Wide Open. So, you know, go listen to some Tom Petty. Go pick up Greatest Hits. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's really one of the best, hate saying it's one of the best Greatest Hits albums of all time, but it truly is. It's, it, it showcases the best part of his career. But anyways, um, no, my pick goes back to the last episode that you guys were all together talking about fan theories and Ryan was talking about Fury Road and Mad Max and there I am listening to the podcast screaming into my iPhone texting me on texting all caps you, saying do you realize that you guys are all wrong and you have the comic book I know you have the comic well, book you have the comic book I've never read it oh I completely what? forgot it existed well basically so until your post the road to Fury Road so pick that up if you are a Mad Max fan. It's available in trade and hardcover at this point. Yes, and it completely explains how Fury Road fits in and the chronological time for Mad Max, Road Warrior, Thunderdome, then Fury Road. Fury Road is actually a sequel to Thunderdome. The book explains it. The book explains who the little girl is at the beginning of Fury Road with the flashbacks. They explain the evolution of the war rig. They explain the the emergence of a Martin Joe. Unless in the next movie they just completely disregard that comic Ex- book. Except for George Miller was involved with the comic book. That doesn't mean he won't disregard it. Well, yeah. But the, also the <laughs> comic book was given to the comic book was given to the cast to read. Because, oh really? Yeah. No. no, if you read the forward. So they made the comic before the Yes, the comic oh, was okay. the comic was made. The comic was Do you have it in trade? Yeah, it's in the other room. Can he, I borrow it? Yeah, he gave it to me for Christmas. Okay. The comic was made as as a tool for the movie. It was to show the characters how they got to where they are. So so it gave each person's motivation, but it also showed how Mad Max got into this world and where this part of the Mad Max universe. Actually fits. Yeah. Okay. So it, you know, and not only that, it doesn't, not only does it show where Morton Joe came from, it also gives you a glimpse of where Furiosa ends up. The comic book is spectacular. It's actually one of the better ones I've read in a long time. And... Yeah, no, it, it was one actually of those just I, it blows your it mind. It wasn't until you texted me that I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, you're right." I do yeah. have that comic. It's sitting in my shelf. Like, see, I completely, I completely forgot. forgot it. Yeah, it see, and if you're a Mad Max fan, read it. It just blows your mind because it's one of those. Yeah, you go into Fury Roads. How does this fit in? Or is this no? It it explains everything. I'm trying to remember. Did it come out actually when the movie came out? When it was coming out in floppy, 
Or is it one of those things that like had delays and ended up being? It kind of came out after the fact. Yeah, so that's what that's probably why I don't remember. Now it at there all. was a special edition Blu-ray. I did see it at Walmart. That comes with at least a portion it of it. It Came with the first part of it because uh, okay. it's a four-part trade. So it it came out with the first part. So that was kind of interesting. But uh, no, pick up uh, Road to Fury Road. Um, available at your local comic book shop. Published by DC Comics slash Vertigo. Yep. And I'm borrowing it off of Ryan, so yep. I'll read it, and maybe that'll end up being my geek pick next week. <laughs> Ryan, what's your geek pick? Uh, well, it wasn't going to be my geek pick, but I've changed my mind, and it is going to be my geek pick. Uh, well, on the weekend, Brent and I were out driving around, <laughs> toy hunting. We stopped at Winners, and Brent... Found his last piece he needed for his abomination. Yeah, I'm happy about this. And then we went to the mall and didn't spend any money at the mall. Oh, we saw some really cool helmets at Hot Topic, though. Yeah. They had Star Wars helmets at Hot Topic. They had like a Rebel uh, uh, pilot helmets. Rebel and, pilot uh, and a TIE fighter, pi- like a TIE, tie pilot helmet. Price point on them. Rebel helmet was uh, 50, 60 bucks? 56 and change. Yeah. TIE fight, uh, the TIE pilot was 80 and change. TIE pilot was better of the two. The paint, the, the, you know, the plastic's a little on the cheap side. Uh, like It's not Black Series quality. Yeah. Uh, and the paint job's a little cheap. Like I'd almost yeah, well, Black say, Series. I'd almost say repaint it. Black Series ain't really Black Series quality anymore either. So. Well, no, but the. The the Star Wars one's pretty good, like the uh, the fighter pilot helmet versus the. I know you're talking about the uh, the Poe Dameron helmet. Yeah, that one's good. Did you see check that one out at Fan Expo? Uh, I've seen I've seen the Poe Dameron helmet around. I like the. I'm kind of more partial to the Kylo Ren helmet. Yeah, that was a lot better. Yeah, I, don't, I still like the helmet's really helmet. good. That's other a, than it doesn't fit my melon. And then the uh, I guess there's a Darth Vader helmet coming soon, but. Uh, Sidetrack. Anyway, so then we, uh, for shits and giggles, decided to stop at Spirit of Halloween. Because we'd pretty much, well, we'd already ordered Mm. our... Somebody can't wait for Christmas, apparently. Ghostbuster proton packs. Is that when we're supposed to get them? No, I'm just using that as a euphemism. Uh, Um, Hopefully not this week, next week, or not next week, the week after. There's Sometime in the next couple of weeks. Sorry, we're, we're anyway, so we walk in the ready. store, and we've been told enough times from the people working there, oh, yeah, no, uh, we don't know. If, we don't think we're going to get them. I don't think we're getting those. We have no control over what we order and what gets shipped to us, yada, yada, yada. So we walk in, and out of force of habit, I walk right over to the Ghostbuster stuff. Brent goes the other way looking for other things. And what do I see but the Ghostbusters proton pack sitting there on the floor? And I was like, oh. <gasps> So I picked it up, grabbed it, went and found Brent. So I was like, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at. And I was like, I'm still going to pay for the one you've ordered for me online. Damn right you are. You haven't paid your for years yet? No, because I keep asking how much does he, do, do I owe you? And he keeps saying, ah, uh, we'll take Jen's a look at the credit card. And then, paid you. Yeah, but it's, I'm a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently I'm not. But every time I ask him and Jen's there, she gives him the dirty look and says, he can look it up himself. So it's also Brent's own It's fault. already logged in on her computer. <laughs> anyway, 
So I purchased mine uh, knowing that at the very least I knew someone, namely my brother, would probably buy the other one off of me, which I've already talked to him and he was more than happy to want to buy it from me. Uh, so yeah, so I have gotten a almost full size, three quarter in, a three quarter size. No, I wouldn't even say yeah, eighty to ninety. Uh, it's really close. It depends on your frame, though. Like it, you, it fits really well. Yeah. I, did you try it on? I haven't tried the pack on. Uh, no, we just played with the lights and buttons. And yeah. like, it's close enough that if you have everything else going with it, the jumpsuit and everything, yeah, it's a nobody's tiny neutrino wand in my hands. Well, that's, that's the, the problem. The one thing with that's it. the especially when you compare it to the one I've got from Maddie Collector. It's like, Ugh. but but just listen to how cool it is. Wait, let me turn the button. Oh, wrong button. And there's lights, and it makes noise. So, you know, there's some plans to do some modifications. Yeah. But uh, at, at, what, $100 after taxes? It's really good. Like, for a Ghostbuster prop, like, I... You and know, to be fair, it, it, we, we ordered the batch of them. If we hadn't, we'd still be short two packs. Well, we'd be short, or short one. one pack because you'd have one bought of, one, I'd have bought one, and Ed would have been left out in the cold because that's only not have fair. two in the store. Yeah, well, but you have your I, one I you have, made. Anyway. I have my other pack that I made for like sixty yeah. bucks. So, but you know, considering how much I already paid for my other, you know, licensed props of Ghostbusters stuff, it's, it's like, a pretty good steal. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so my Halloween costume for the next couple of years is almost ready. I'm sure it'll be one that gets reused and reused and reused. Yeah. Uh, Ed picked me up my patches, my Ghostbuster patches at the con on the weekend. I've got my jumpsuit. It's just a matter of sewing things together and busting some ghosts. Yeah, same here. i got to dig out my flight suit. Um, okay, so my geek pick is I'm going with a little bit of uh, what's going on this week, and I'm going with uh, Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Uh, in this particular case, I'm going to say the final cut, I believe it is called. Definitive cut? Definitive cut. So the, the, the final, the very the, last yeah. one? Yeah. So it's the, the most recent version, easily found at Walmart and uh, various other stores where you can buy Blu-rays. Uh, I love Blade Runner. Blade Runner is one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, it's just like, to me, it's one of those movies that, even if I'm not paying attention to the story, it's kind of like a work of art just to, to watch. Well, visually, it, I don't. There's hardly any movie that looks as good as what Blade Runner. Yeah, is. and like today's well, standards it, too. It, it kind of set the the tone and the style for a lot of movies that followed well, it, it, didn't it. It kind With of that invented, whole cyberpunk. Yeah, the it cyberpunk yeah. tech tech noir. Like yeah. it invented. But at the that. same time, there's n- been nothing since that kind of matches it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like when I think of movies like Neuromancer that are supposedly being worked on based on the William Gibson book, is it's got to kind of stand up to Blade Runner. And Blade Runner is how many years old now? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. You know that's saying something for this movie that there's very little that has come since then in movies and television that can match it in both looks and story. And, like, it's just got so many things I love. I love Deckard's Blaster. It's one of my favorite guns out of film. Like, 
Harrison Ford's character. I know who the character is. Okay. I'm just going to say, I know that I did fall asleep one of the one time I tried yeah. to watch this movie. Oh, it's not, but it's also one of so, the movies. But I that- did, that, that's what I was just saying. I know you guys love this movie. I tried, you know, I was, um, I took a social impact of science fiction. There was a Jenna Clarkson when I was in college. Yeah. And uh, they showed it. It was a Monday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon through, you know, a couple hour class. And yeah, I fell asleep. I slept through the movie. Yeah, well, and it's one of those movies I also say is not for everybody, but I just, I just love this. And those shit people are all wrong. <laughs> well, we've already those established that opinions, that's not how you feel. Mine. You know, I'm already on but the that, shit list tonight. But like, so. you know, Ed and I are going to go see it on Thursday. the The new one on Thursday, and I'm trying in my head. Say like this movie is going to be not that good. It's going don't to be, build it up. It's going to that way. If it is pretty good to really good, it'll be exceptional. You know, <laughs> it's, I don't want to get my hopes up because it, all the previews look good for it. And the the short films they've been putting out. I watched the anime film that they put out for it the the other day, which explains a little bit more about the replicants going off the grid in the new movie. And it is excellent. It's a Great little fifteen-minute film uh, done by the guys who did Cowboy Bebop, and ah, it's just so good. So yeah, the, uh, see Blade Runner. But if if you don't want to see it, um, if you want something in that vein and want to read, read uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, the novella that the the movie's based off of. That's now that getting its own series, isn't it? Nope, just it- one book. No, I mean, isn't there a TV series? Oh, called? yeah, they're using the title, but they're not. Oh, okay, the, yeah, that's so like World War Z. No, um, where was the movie was World was World War Z in title only? No, in the in this case, it's they're kind of using that title, but they are doing uh, different Philip K. Dick short stories. Oh, okay. So it'll, it's like an anthology series, from okay. what I understand. Oh, did you see Kingsman yet? Okay, I, okay. St- I still have to see that too. I'm I know way behind did. on everything. Jen being sick has thrown off our entire pop culture schedule. Uh, <laughs> how are you even a podcaster? <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, well, I'm not going to sign off like we usually do because even though Kevin couldn't be here, Kevin, as you may have gathered from our Facebook posts, is all in on Star Trek Discovery. So, he sent me a brief little clip reviewing Star Trek uh, Discovery, the uh, third episode i guess it would be yeah so i'm gonna put that on the end future brent remember to put that on the end now when you're editing all this stuff and uh for ed and ryan and myself we we will see you later but first here's kevin So because of life, the universe, and everything getting in the way of a reg- of me being able to attend our regular recording uh, session this week, I thought I would just uh, drop into this episode with my take on episode three of Star Trek Discovery, which is called Context is for Kings. Um, I really love this episode now. I am recording this immediately after having watched it for the first time. So if I get any details wrong, don't sue me. Um, but uh, I just wanted to uh, drop a line about uh, about my thoughts on it now. I really loved this episode. Uh, we finally got to see the discovery. We finally got to f- sort of figure out what's going on. We're starting to get hints of what uh, what 
is happening on this ship and we got to meet uh, the main cast and our um, our regular protagonists there were no klingons in this episode except for one uh and um so we still don't know quite what's going on on the Klingon side of this war, but uh, we do find out what the Discovery's mission is and, and what they're doing that's so important. Uh, I just want to talk about um, Captain Lorca for a minute, uh, played by Jason Isaac. He is not a captain we've ever seen before. He um, He's a man who knows what he wants and will do anything he has to in order to get it. Um, of course, we knew Michael wouldn't stay in prison forever, so uh, if she is what he wants, uh, he will go and get her. Uh, he needed to prove to her that, that she had a reason to stay there, and uh, he did that. Um, I, I think there's going to be an interesting, different kind of dynamic between Lorca and Burnham than we had, of course, with Captain Georgiou last week. Uh, Moving on to Lieutenant Stamets, he is the science officer who's in charge of this top secret program that uh, is happening on the Discovery. Uh, again, a character type we've never really seen before in Star Trek, the sort of persnickety officer who um, doesn't, he doesn't want to be bothered with the war so that he can concentrate on his research. Um, he... He resents the fact that Burnham's been thrust upon him, and uh, he's, um, he's, he's not that he's not a nice guy, but he's a driven guy who, is, uh, who knows what he wants and um, uh, hates the fact that people keep getting in his way. Of, and unlike Lorca, he doesn't have the power to just go out and get what he wants. He's forced to deal with all these sort of roadblocks that get put up. Um, a lot has been made of the fact that he was the first gay character on Star Trek, a uh, gay recurring character on Star Trek. That's not brought up at all in this episode. Uh, his relationships uh, uh, aren't even mentioned. So uh, it's just another aspect of his character that we'll, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll see later, but doesn't define him as, as a person. Uh, the third new character we saw this week is uh, Cadet Tilly. Um, again, another new character type for, for Star Trek. Um, Sylvia Tilly is a super smart cadet who has some social anxiety issues. She's an, an, not really a people person. She talks too much. She snores. She drools. Um, she's looking to get ahead and thinks that Burnham is going to, if she befriends Burnham, then that's going to be a, a, a red flag in her career. So she tries to distance herself, but, but of course, uh, circumstance means that she can't. Um, I really like this character. She's, she's fun, she's bubbly, uh, but she's smart. And I think, I, think that's, um, I think that's sort of the crux of all of these characters, is they are all very, very smart people, and they're all very smart people who know what they're doing and what they want. In one episode, we know enough about all three of those new characters to want to follow them and to find out where their journeys are going to take them. Uh, that brings us back to Saru, who is the first officer of the Discovery. He resents, uh, of course, um, Burnham because of what happened in, in the first two episodes. 
but he also knows that she's one of the best officers that Starfleet has ever created. So while he's not happy with her being there, he also knows that she can be of great assistance. So uh, Saru and Burnham's relationship going forward will also be interesting to watch because they're, um, they are, they have, they have a shared background and, uh, they're coming at things again from two different sides. Uh, I like some of the little, uh, nods to past, um, Star Treks in this one. Uh, we got, um, we got a, a triple, <laughs> Captain Lorca likes to collect things it looks like i won't go in, into any more detail than that i won't um, i don't want to spoil any major plot reveals um for what what the research of the discovery is and, and what what's so important on this ship but uh suffice it to say that captain Lorca is a collector of a of certain things um one character that um had never been talked about before is the security chief. Um, she's played by Rekha Sharma, who you would remember from Battlestar Galactica, a no-nonsense uh, by the book uh, security officer. I get the feeling that she's not going to be all that important uh, moving forward, but I thought it was uh, she did a nice job with that character. Um, we also saw a Federation prison uh, ship with um, some some people who've done some not good things, and they were off to uh, to a prison colony. Um, Again, it's nice to see sort of the inner workings of Starfleet and the Federation on, on this um, on this show. So, on the whole, uh, episode three, context is for kings. It's sort of like a new pilot for the show. <laughs> uh, like episodes one and two were like a prologue. This is the background we need to give you in order for the show to continue. Episode three is these are our characters. This is our situation. And uh, I, for one, cannot wait to see what, uh, what goes on from here. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy. Stop.